The biggest night in advertising was last night and also a football game, and I've got some thoughts on all of the movie trailers that debuted right now. This video is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com Dan for a special offer and stay tuned after the video for more info. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Merle here with my thoughts on the movie trailers and a few of the ads that debuted during the big game last night, as I think we have to call it. I don't know, maybe I'll play with fire in the title for this video, but it's interesting to see people tiptoe around the words when they're talking about what happened last night, which was the championship game of the National Football League? Sure, let's say it like that. And as happens every year, there were a handful of movies that debuted new looks, and it was especially great to get a look at these movies last night because it distracted me from the real question, which was trying to figure out whether Rihanna was pregnant or not, which it would have been totally fine if she wasn't because take your time, let your body do what it's going to do. It just was a pressing question, so I'm glad that it was finally settled. And yes, she is pregnant, so congratulations. So I'm going to go over what we saw last night. There were some small ads, there were some bigger ads, there were some online trailer drops, and then of course a big look at one of the most anticipated superhero films of the year. But let's start with a few movies that had more traditional 30-second ads, and Paramount actually had three of them that were marketed as their big game spots, but that didn't actually, at least I don't think, play during the game itself. And it's probably just as well, because they didn't really give us a whole lot of new perspective on the movies. One of those spots was for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which I don't think we really got anything new there. The first trailer for this movie was the best one. A lot of this was just action shots. And then that syncopated thing that like all trailers do now with sound effect, where it's like boom, dung, chang, chick, chick, boom, bing, dialogue. <laughs> There was a trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which much like the franchise itself was half Transformers, half commercial, and it largely focused on the character Mirage, who is voiced by Pete Davidson and who is a Porsche. It was really as much Porsche commercial as it was Transformers trailer. No shocker there. And then finally, there was a trailer for Scream 6, which didn't really give us anything new other than a look at this suspense sequence where they're crossing between two buildings on a ladder. I've got to be honest, the posters for this movie are great. The marketing there is fantastic. But I don't have a good feeling about this movie. And this is from somebody who enjoyed last year's Scream, but the short turnaround, the fact that there's only about a year between, and the fact that they're going to New York City, no Nev Campbell, I know you're getting Hayden Panettiere back, but something about this just isn't sitting right with me, and, and maybe it'll subvert my expectations and surprise me, but I really don't have a good feeling about this. Not a whole lot to miss in this big game trailer either, just the addition of that sequence, and then the same Ghostface stuff we've already seen. Also, just kind of reminding us that the movie is opening was a spot for Creed 3, which opens next month, and it's starting some sneak previews soon for different IMAX crowds. So this is really just kind of a placeholder, just like a, hey, don't forget about Creed. Not a whole lot new there. We also got a spot for Fast X or Fast 10, whatever you want to call it. It was basically a cut down of the absolutely ridiculous trailer that we got last week. And my God, it looks like they are taking this movie so seriously. And that, to me, has been the franchise's problem since Vin Diesel took over like the seventh movie yes of course you have to take that seriously but all of the ones after it have been so serious and dour and it's like they should not be these are not movies to be taken seriously and it's really what holds them down but we got a little bit of a look at it the end of the road begins yeah sure okay whatever 
Another cut down for a trailer that I think came out last week was Ben Affleck's newest movie, Air, which reunites him with Matt Damon. Ben Affleck plays the head of Nike. Matt Damon plays the guy who was pursuing Michael Jordan to sign him to a shoe deal in order to kind of revive the fortunes of the company and give them a big basketball star. Viola Davis is in the movie. She plays Michael Jordan's mother. And, you know, I think this could go either way. I think this could be a really interesting look at the sports marketing world, kind of a Moneyball type movie, or it could be sort of a wrote recent history film like we've seen before but you know I, I think it looks kind of interesting so good job with me on that Super Bowl ad it definitely sold me on the film we also got a 30 second spot for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny not a whole lot new here we got a little bit more of Phoebe Waller-Bridge and a little bit of interaction between Indy and Meds Mickelson but really just kind of a rehash of what we already saw although the new stuff that we did see I don't know about the content of the movie because I don't really know enough about the story at this point to make any kind of judgment whatsoever but the look of of it, I really do have some misgivings because even what we're seeing here, like them dropping out of the plane or the parade scene, it all looks so digital. And the Indiana Jones movies, the action sequences especially in the past, have been very practical and, and tactile. And this just feels the opposite of that. It feels very volumey, like Indiana Jones has been put through the same Disney filter that a lot of other Disney movies have. So that kind of gives me pause, but it's an Indiana Jones movie. so. I'm going to look forward to it until I have a reason not to. Now, there were two movies that did have Super Bowl ads, but those ads were really just to announce that there were trailers available online. And let's talk about Guardians 3 first from James Gunn, who is now running DC. There was a lot of overlap between this trailer and the first one, but it really just kind of underscored that I am not prepared for the rocket stuff in this movie. These shots of baby rocket being experimented on. Ugh. No matter what else happens in this movie, I can already tell this is going to be tough for me to watch. We see a little bit of conflict between Star-Lord and the new Gamora, the new version of Gamora that exists post-Avengers Endgame. We also get a much better look at the High Evolutionary, whose goals seem a little Thanos-like as far as creating a perfect world. We get a couple of extra shots of Adam Warlock, but they're holding that pretty close to the chest. And really, just when you look at how the Guardians look in this trailer and the several shots of them going through what looked to be pretty distressing things emotionally. It really looks like James Gunn is going to put us through the ringer on this one, apart even from the young Rocket stuff. I, I think that this is going to be uh, one of those like happy, sad things, which he's touched upon in the Guardians movies already. Because this is his big finale, I don't expect everybody to come out of this movie alive. And it really does look like there's some pretty hardcore stuff that's going to be happening. So prepare yourself. I know I'm going to be preparing myself for whatever's going to transpire in this film, because all of the thoughts that I had are just underscored by the second trailer. You never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, he picked a pretty set. But the trailer with the biggest reveals and the buzziest new stuff that we hadn't seen before was the first big trailer for The Flash. And I think it's becoming more and more obvious why it wasn't quite so easy as many people suggested to just swap out the leads of the film. Because apparently there's a big chunk of this movie that stars not one, but two Ezra Miller's. So it's really a movie that's twice as potentially problematic as we all thought, and it's something I'm sure DC had no idea would be coming down the road with this one. And I mean, listen, the movie is coming out. 
assuming that Ezra Miller stays in line, which by the way, there is no guarantee that that's going to happen. But let's assume that they stay on the straight and narrow from here on out and that all of this talk of accountability and rehabilitation and all of that isn't just talk. Yes, you do have to kind of acknowledge the real world situation, but you know, let's discuss the movie side of it. And really the most exciting parts of the trailer for me didn't even have to do with Ezra Miller or The Flash. Of course, if you know me, you know that I am a huge Batman 89 stan. So of course the big reveal of Michael Keaton as Batman in the movie was big for me. It was a little too cute for me that they had him immediately say, I'm Batman, although that's also out of context. Maybe it's in the movie, maybe it's not. Maybe it's in a different context in the film. You are? Yeah. I'm Batman. But it's just great to see Michael Keaton back. It's a little odd to cut from old man Michael Keaton in the suit to cartoon Michael Keaton fighting and everything. Uh, but again, I think that there's a lot of potential there with this character. And that's what I really talk about with this film right now is the potential that the movie has. There's a lot more about the story that seemed to be revealed because it looks like the fracture point, or at least where the timeline diverges, goes all the way back to Man of Steel when Zod invaded Earth. And we hear Barry say that there has now been a future created where there are no metahumans, so Superman is not there. I assume that Zod is able to take over the Earth. Michael Shannon appears to play a large role in this film, which I did not really see coming. Of course, there's always rumor and speculation. We also get a look at Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne, but also his Batman so it looks like it's not just the one scene of Affleck in the alley talking to Barry. And then we got our first real look at Sasha Kaye as Supergirl, who looks like it starts off as her being held captive, kind of away from the sunlight to keep her depowered. But she gets her suit. She gets an intro to the Barrys. We see a little bit of what she can do. And she seems to be the stand-in for Superman in this movie, who's either non-existent or, you know, something that Barry has done somewhere in the past has really screwed up this timeline. So it looks like we're going to be riffing on the things that we know in the DC universe, but also going in a different direction. And there are a couple of different ways that it can go. And it goes back to what I was saying about potential. I think this has the potential, if it's executed properly, to give us something like a Spider-Man No Way Home, which is one of my favorite Marvel movies of all time, or given all of these different elements, it has the potential to be just a big old mess. And I have no idea which one of those it's going to be right now. But given what I've seen, I think it looks pretty cool. So I'm going to invest right now in the potential of the project in a good way. It's something that I've been looking forward to since the Michael Keaton connection was announced, it seems like forever ago. And I'm actually really excited for this movie. Now that also means that it could potentially really let me down if it's not very good. But I was excited by this look at the film. Yes, you have the real world implications and you know it's hard to ignore that. But when you just look at it from a mythology standpoint, from the Batman side of it, from the Supergirl side of it, from the Zod side of it, I think there's some really cool stuff there. So those were the ads and trailers that tied directly into movies that are coming out later this year, but there were also some ads that were kind of in the realm of movies and TV, or just a few that I wanted to mention that I thought were standouts for one reason or another. We had a couple of T-Mobile ads. One of them was Bradley Cooper and his mom. Uh, it looked like they were having fun. I don't know if that's what they were hired to do, but they got a fun ad out of it. Look like a clam. I think I know what I'm doing. I've been nominated nine times. Yeah, but you never won any. <laughs> And then there was another T-Mobile ad starring John Travolta and Zach Braff and Donald Faison singing about T-Mobile 5G wireless home internet service. John Travolta's looking pretty good. I like the fact that he's, you know, got the shaved head, the beard, you know, he's rocking it. But it, it seems like a lot of people like this ad. It didn't do a whole lot for me. 
There was a Michelob ad, which was a take on Caddyshack starring Brian Cox. And I've got to be honest, I didn't know that Brian Cox would be the perfect replacement for Ted Knight if they ever remade Caddyshack. But if they did remake the movie, he would be, except they should never do it. I'm not saying they should remake Caddyshack. They absolutely should not. But if they did, Brian Cox would be great in that role. There's a Paul Rudd Ant-Man advertisement, which was not only advertising Heineken, but was advertising alcohol-free 0.0 Heineken, which is like a quantum realm of product placement. And it was very weird to see Donald Faison in one ad with Zach Braff, and then Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man, and then the Rakuten ad with Alicia Silverstone reprising her role as Cher, which by the way, I mean, good grief, the years have been very kind to Alicia Silverstone, and I was a big fan of Clueless, but you have so many Clueless uh, alumni in different ads in the Super Bowl this year, and they're all, you know, they're all getting paid, it looks like they're having fun. 2023 was a great year for the cast of Clueless. There were a couple of ads that didn't have anything directly to do with movies and TV, but decided that they were just gonna play with my emotions for some reason, and they both had to do with dogs. There was one for a company called The Farmer's Dog, which is just the most obvious emotional manipulation of all time, and it works. If that commercial is not sad for you yet, just wait a few years, because that one was like a dagger to my heart. And then there was one for Amazon that was just an emotional roller coaster. It's like a family dog, and then the lockdown ends, and the family goes back out into the world, and the dog is sad, and he's watching him from the window, but then the dog starts tearing stuff up around the house and the family's like what are we gonna do about this dog and so they buy a kennel and then I'm like no and they, and they bring the kennel home I'm like you can't put that dog in the kennel but then they open the kennel and a puppy comes out and then the dog and the puppy become best friends I'm like what are you doing to me Amazon is your goal to cripple me emotionally so that I engage in some kind of retail therapy on Amazon oh my god there was a Popcorners ad that featured the return of both Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston as Walt and Jesse from Breaking Bad and a little Tuco thrown in there for good measure. And did anybody else find it weird that Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston both looked and acted a lot more like Walt and Jesse in this Popcorners ad than they did in either El Camino or their appearance in Better Call Saul? It was kind of eerie how much they were able to replicate it. I guess, you know, the small effects needed or makeup when you're just doing a one minute ad is easier than doing it across several minutes of screen time. But it was like they filmed that ad like back in 2010 or something. We've got six signature flavors, y'all. Seven! You make seven! Seven. Seven works. But my two favorite ads of the night both starred celebrities. One of them was the Ben Affleck Dunkin' Donuts ad, mainly just because I love it when Ben Affleck is able to do like blue collar Boston. He just feels so natural and in his element. I'm just gonna have to just give you 10 munchkins. You look a little lost. One second, I'm trying to find the bagels. And then I love that J-Lo comes in at the end and she does her part really well. What are you doing here? Ask me if I like Is this what you do when you say you're going to work all day? I gotta go, guys. And that was really just a throwback to old Super Bowl ads where you just get a celebrity, put them in a funny premise, and sell your product. I mean, now things have gotten so complicated. I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw an ad for Jesus in the Super Bowl, like literally for Jesus. Like, it's crazy what Super Bowl ads have become. But my favorite Super Bowl ad of the night starred someone who, again, if you watch this channel, you'll know I'm an absolute sucker for, and that's Adam Driver. I am a fan of all things Adam Driver. I did not realize that he could also dominate the world of Super Bowl advertising, but damn it if he didn't prove me wrong. Squarespace is a website that makes websites. I'm not going to lie. I would vote for the extended version of this ad that's online. 
for the best short film Oscar next year, and I think it should be submitted. Really what this drove home to me is that I'm a fan of Adam Driver to an increasingly disturbing degree to myself. Like, I'm approaching John Oliver levels, but I just can't help it. The guy's good at everything he does. You did it, Adam Driver. So those are my thoughts on some of the biggest Super Bowl trailers and ads that aired last night, or I guess on the big game. What did you think? What were some of your favorite trailers? Are there any movies that you weren't looking forward to that you're looking forward to now, or vice versa? Let me know down in the comments below. And before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for this video, Athletic Greens, the makers of AG1. We're well into the new year, so hopefully everybody's following those resolutions and making better choices. And if you need a little bit more help, AG1 is an easy and delicious choice when it comes to giving your body what it needs. I started taking AG1 over a year ago because I was looking to improve my gut health, and there are so many other benefits, including a boost to my body's immune system, which is a plus, especially as we enter the tail end of this cold and flu season. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins minerals, whole food source superfoods, and more to help you start your day right. And it's super simple. I can either put a scoop right into a cup of water, or if I'm making a shake for breakfast, I can put it in there with my banana, maybe a little chocolate milk, some ice, something like that. Either way, it is a quick and tasty way for me to start my day off right. Athletic Greens as a company also cares about the world. They are climate neutral certified, and for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry, right here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com Dan. Again, that is athleticgreens.com Dan, D-A-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks so much to Athletic Greens. And if you want to know more about AG1, you can check out more in the description below. And thank you for watching. I'll be back very soon. As a matter of fact, tomorrow morning, I will be here when the embargo drops with my review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. That's why I stayed here in this hotel room that has lights with two different color temperatures for a couple extra days so I could watch that movie and get that review to you as soon as possible. So stay tuned for that. Of course, charts later this week, reviews, box office news, award stuff, the Oscars, everything. It's all right here on the channel. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.